Well, I was just dancing to my music, you know, my introduction. Uh, that, I love that music so much. Doug and I picked that out several years ago, and it's great. You know, I wanted to talk today about things that are going on in my life. And what a better opportunity to do it on my own radio show. Thanks to BBS Radio. Oh, here comes the dog. You just went in. Hold on. You, you just came out. You just, you just went in. Now you never mind. Anyway. So I've been gone the last two weeks. I don't know if you realize that because when I do go like on a cruise, which I did on the 23rd of December, then BBS radio plays either a rerun or some music. I I think it's probably a rerun. Don't know for sure. I never did ask afterwards, but so we were gone that week and I came back on the 30th. And by the time we got back to the house, it was, Close to six o'clock. So I was tired from traveling all day. I called and said, could you please do another rerun? So I've been gone for two weeks and it's good to be back. I think one of the missions that I have here in this life, and we all have a mission. We all have a role to play. You know, there's a book out called The Soul's Remembrance. The Soul's Remembrance. And it's about a man named Roy Mills who claims that at one time we all existed prior to being born. And when we were in this pre-existence, in this spiritual realm, if you will, in our spirit bodies, we, at one time in our development and when we are very young in our soul development, you know, because souls are just like people here on earth. They're born and then they grow to be old, you know, they live many lives on other planets throughout the universe. And the goal is to achieve a kind of purification of gain as much knowledge as possible and to be as smart and spiritually perfect as possible, if you know what I mean. But we all have a starting point. And I think also when we're born onto a planet, before we are born, and in accordance with this book, he said that we all stand in front of either the spirit mother or the spirit father, depending on whether you're a predominantly male or a female spirit, and you get your mission. Now, some people have harder missions than other than other people. And I believe that one of the things I'm meant to do is to help make contact. One of my parts, I mean, we have multifaceted missions, but usually we have one or two main things, from what I understand, from according to my research, where we're supposed to come here and accomplish things that we're supposed to accomplish here in our lifetime. And I believe one of the things I was sent here to do was to help make planet Earth, the people here on this world, to make contact with extraterrestrials. Now, there are many different missions, but that is probably one of the most important in our soul's evolution, in the evolution of this world, is to make contact with extraterrestrials. And it's one of the most difficult missions because we haven't made contact yet, obviously. And how many years have gone by? You know, they made contact back in those days before our present so-called civilization, if you will. If you go back, it'd be even less than a thousand years. The, the Mayans, the Mayans actually came from a planet in our Milky Way galaxy. Or I'm not really totally sure about that. You can find out so much information from the Internet, from YouTube. You know, there's some videos out there, especially ones that are made by Gaia, D-A-I-A. And they'll tell you about the different kinds of extraterrestrials in our Milky Way galaxy, in our intergalactic community. There are some that look like Mayans, you know, that... And that's why they were actually called Mayas, because they come from a planet called Maya. 
And then there's uh, two, <coughs> excuse me, I got to tell you, uh, after I finish this, I'm going to tell you about what happened with the cruise. And then there's uh, extraterrestrials from the Pleiades and extraterrestrials from different star systems out there, you know, so many different types, kinds that look like um, felines, you know, that, that were walking on two feet with heads of lions and tigers and dogs and some that look like insects and because this whole universe is in the process of evolution, my friends. You better believe it. Even your dog in your house is evolving, you know. They're going to die, and they're going to go to the same place that you go. There we go to heaven, if you will, or the spirit realms, you know, the spirit land. When you get there, you'll see your pets, the ones that have preceded you, are going to probably greet you when you get there. But anyway, back to the ETs. There are... Somebody out there, and they have made contact. Why? Because we are, and make no mistake about this, what I'm about to say, we are a ferocious species. We are a warring species. Now, there's a lot of good people, and a lot of, recently, in the recent past, I think you find a lot of souls have been born into this world to help eliminate war. And that's another very important mission, to eliminate war. But obviously, you know, with the wars that are going on right now in Ukraine and Israel and the Gaza Strip, we still have war. And who knows when the next one will break out. You know, we've had, I don't need to name them to you, all the wars we've had in the past, right? You get my point? We're a very violent species. So, is it possible to really have peace? I've mentioned this on previous shows. Probably not in our lifetimes, you know, not unless we have divine intervention like we've had before in the past with Moses and Jesus back in those days, you know, the birth of Jesus in Bethlehem, that was divine intervention. The star, the star Bethlehem, that was divine intervention. That was an extraterrestrial probe because you have to understand that we are under the guardianship of a superior extraterrestrial race out there. The guardianship, yes, of them, they intervene sometimes when necessary in accordance with, in coordination with the spirit mother and father who are in the spirit realms, but in order to have intervention, you also have to have physical intervention as well. Do you get what I'm saying? Do you understand what I mean? You, They can't just wave a magic wand from the spirit realms and things happen. In the physical universe, things have to happen in accordance with the laws of the physical universe. You get what I'm saying? So these extraterrestrials, they are our guardians, and there are others too that have helped us in the past. Currently, you got to check out this video called Unacknowledged. Please. I think it's free. Also, they've got a new one called Close Encounters of the Fifth Kind, not the third kind, but if you're really interested and you really want to believe in extraterrestrials and, and know that they exist, and you really are doing your research to back up what you think and what you believe in, then you will check out those two videos because for those that don't believe, I guarantee you they will convince you that they do exist and they're out there. And there's like 60-some species that we have had contact with or are presently in contact with here on planet Earth throughout the centuries, you know. Back then, they really had no qualms about visiting every once in a while. You know, Native American Indians, they saw extraterrestrials, UFOs, flying saucers all the time, all the way back, you know. Even back in the day when Jesus walked the earth and before then, in Moses' time, they saw UFOs in the evening sky all over the world, you know. And the world is a huge place, make no mistake about that, you know. And back then, of course, there was nothing they could do to physically harm them. But now we have technology that can actually destroy flying saucers. You know, we have laser beams. We have that space um, defense system that's meant to shoot down missiles that in the recent past has been shooting down some flying saucers. And that's the truth. Check it out on the Internet if you don't believe that. And so why would they really want to come and lead us into the next step of our evolution. And make no mistake about it, I can't 
Uh, that's my favorite, one of my favorite sayings. Make no mistake about that. We need that next step in our evolution to get to where we're, we're meant to be, to become star travelers. You know, star travelers, does that ring a bell like Star Trek? For warp speed, you know, traveling to other star systems and seeing other civilizations that are out there, yes, the universe is teeming with life. And when you see those stars in the evening sky, that should be an indicator that, yes, the universe is alive. Those lights you see in the evening sky actually mean that, yes, there is life out there. The suns are shining. Now, some suns have gone nova, supernova, and we're only beginning to see the light, you know, and then they disappear. But there are billions and billions and billions for something. A number is easier to understand than and then using some extra zeros, you know, out there in the evening sky. I've said this before on previous shows. Because of the atmosphere, we can't see all the stars out there. If you were to take a spaceship, a space shuttle, and go into orbit, then you would see just how many stars are out there. And they're a lot larger and more bright than we can see here on Earth. In fact, every square inch of the sky, the visible sky that you could see out there in orbiting planet Earth would be filled with hundreds and thousands of stars, every square inch. Can you imagine that? Use your imagination. Every square inch of sky filled with hundreds and thousands of stars going way, 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 way back into the universe, way back. Anyway, so now I'm going to change the subject and talk about my cruise. Talk a little bit about me. I've been under the weather, and now I'm feeling better. But my wife, she got sick because I was sick, and then she caught what I had. And suffice it to say, we've done a lot of cruises before, but this one was a difficult cruise. For me, it's like the second night out, I could hardly breathe through my nose. And it got better. I'd, but fortunately, I had the insight to go to the urgent care and get some medication before the cruise because I felt it coming on. So I got some steroids. And let me tell you what I think about steroids. I think they're useless. I think they're worthless. They don't work. They only are prescribed because doctors are looking for a low-cost drugs that the insurance companies will pay for. Now, give me some antibiotics any day of the week. That clears up anything I've got. But if people keep telling me, no, you can't because you don't have an infection, you've got a virus. So oh, I don't care. Just give me some antibiotics, dang it, you know. It's always worked clearing up before in the past. Steroids don't work. What part about that don't you understand, you know, for me and for other people, too? So my wife got some steroids a few days ago, and she's been taking them, but she was coughing last night, and I told her, you know, because I had a really close call with my wife back in May of 19 when she had Legionnaire's disease, which is a rare type of pneumonia, you know, and we almost lost her. She was in the ICU for six days. She was intubated. It was very scary. She had a near-death experience, near-death experience where she was going down the the uh, tunnel, you know, and some voice, some beautiful, magnificent voice told her, it's not your time. And so she uh, survived that. But she was starting to cough nonstop. And I said, okay, let's go to the emergency room. It's about seven, just before 7 o'clock this morning. The emergency room at Wilford Hall on Lackland Air Force Base, where I took her before. And I've been, when I had COVID back in June of 22, I don't know if you ever had COVID before. In my opinion, it's the same as any other virus that I've had before in the past, the flu, whatever you want to call it, COVID, the flu, the bird flu, whatever. You know, it's still the same. Not much different. Anyway, I went to the urgent care. I was diagnosed with COVID. They gave me, gave me some new medication because I've only got one kidney. I donated one of my kidneys to my son back in 1995 when I was on active duty in the Army. I'd have it approved. It's a long story. But anyway, so they said, okay, because you only got one kidney, we're going to have to give you some special medication. So they gave me this medication, and it hadn't been tested. It wasn't approved by the FDA. So I took this medication, and I almost died. It was like I was back here in the patio where I am right now, and 
this feeling came over me like I've never felt before. I felt the walls closing in, you know, and I was like, wow. I mean, I was already sick, plus this medication was making me feel worse. And so I went out, and I, I felt nauseous, and I started to throw up in the backyard here. And when I did that, I felt better. But I hung in there for like another night, and around 6 o'clock in the morning, I was coughing and just feeling terrible, and I said, wait a second. This is not working. I need to go to the emergency room at Wilford Hall. I went there, and they squared me away with about four different types of medication to include, well, guess what? I think it was steroids. But also some an inhaler and some cough medicine and uh, some mucinex or something like that. And it cleared up. But in the past, it seems like I can't go more than one or two years without coming down with something. And I've narrowed it down to in my own body, to my own observations, living my life throughout the years in the past, I've seen that I seem to have an intolerance for tea and coffee. So it might be because my parents were avid coffee and tea drinkers. My parents were English, you know. They used to speak like this. Blake, please go to the store and get this for us, you know. But I never learned to speak like this because I was born in Canada. So, I'm a U.S. citizen now. Anyway, back to Jackie. We got down there today. She was feeling, looking really kind of tired. She didn't get much sleep last night. So, after about three hours, which is what it usually takes, is at least two hours there at the emergency room. There are other people, and they're very busy, I understand. But, anyway, she got two different types of antibiotics. Hey, antibiotics, you know, because they died. They did some x-rays and saw that she had a little bit of pneumonia in her lungs. And they also prescribed some Flonase. And now she's on the mend, hopefully. Got her some cough syrup at the at Walgreens and also some more Mucinex. But poor baby. God, please bless Jackie. Help her to heal in any way she needs it. I've been praying for her nonstop, you know, because I don't want to lose my, my best friend in the whole world. And I can see these things coming on. I can see where they're going. You know, we're, we've got such a close relationship. It's really good when you have a, a companion, a spouse, you know, where you're sharing so many good things together. You're having a great time. You're laughing. You know, there's very little conflict, uh, very little arguing. It's a great thing to have a friend like that. You know, I don't want to lose her. I almost lost her before. And so I pray that God will... Bless her now, and she's taking this, these antibiotics, so she'll have that cleared up, and you know she'll be on mend and feeling better in about a week, hopefully. Anyway, so the cruise was kind of tough, and by the time the cruise was over, I was on the mend, feeling almost back to normal, and then Jackie was beginning to get worse. And anyway, so now changing the subject again. Here I am. You know, I still am learning new things every day. And in my life, there's different facets of my daily life that's just like you. You know, I'm working things out, trying to find the best way of doing things. And one of the hobbies that I practice constantly is singing. And and I've talked about that on other radio shows in the past. And what I've noticed that, and now I'm a accomplished singer, I dedicate a lot of time to singing. I've got a system here. As I look over to my left, I've got the speakers. I've got a Fender amplifier mixer. I've got wireless microphones. I've got a laptop with uh, about a couple hundred downloads. And then I've got my cell phone, which I can connect to my amplifier mixer, you know, and play any YouTube video, karaoke version. So I know a couple of hundred songs at least where I've almost got them, you know, I know the words, have memorized the words for most of them. You know, I, I try to practice them constantly to keep my proficiency up with them, you know. And being an accomplished singer, there's a lot of other singers. I'll never be as good as some people like that have concerts and have record deals, you know. I just, at this stage in my life, at 69 years old, I, 
I highly doubt. I mean, it's always possible, and I don't really want to because I've got other things going on. I've got my job, and I'm working that and making the money I need to support my family and myself. But singing, I do get a lot of pleasure and enjoyment out of it. And I've found that I can sing very well a cappella singing. You know, I can sing a cappella very well. But a cappella is not the same as singing with music. Hold on just a minute. Okay, the dog was sitting next to me here, and she decided she wanted to go in, so I had to let her in. Close the door behind me because we've got the TV on in the living room, which makes a lot of noise, and I don't like hearing the TV when I'm out here, you know. So a cappella. Now, I don't want to tell you what to do. This is just my observations. I'm just talking about my life, you know. I'll tell you everything, but some things you don't want to hear about. Some things are better left unsaid, but I do like sharing what I'm going through in my life, you know. Especially in the world today, if I'm going to accomplish my mission and help us make contact with extraterrestrials and I think my other minor mission, just like a major and a minor in the University of the Universe, you know, when you're born into this world, you have a major mission and a minor mission. I think my major mission is to help planet Earth, our current civilization, to make contact with extraterrestrials. And, you know, ever since 1947 with Roswell which really happened, really, 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 really did happen. And some extraterrestrials, the spacecraft, their spacecraft crashed, and they recovered the spacecraft, and they recovered bodies. One of them was alive, I think, for a little while anyway. That's probably in a pickled jar somewhere, if you know what I mean, in a container, pickled, kind of preserving the body. They've got that. Jackie Gleason saw that. President Nixon, (laughs) excuse me, President Nixon, when he was president, took Jackie Gleason. Check it out on the Internet. They went to a base in Florida where they had an E.T. in a container being preserved, a dead E.T. And they said that Jackie Gleason saw that, and he didn't eat for like three days afterwards. So, you know, I mean, the proof is out there. If you're looking for proof, if you're not looking for proof and you still say you don't believe in them and they don't exist, well, then you probably just will never believe in them. You won't believe in many stuff, you know, because you're one of those people that, are going to always take the opposite approach because that's what you like to do. And that's a good thing in a way because that helps us enforce, it helps to enforce and, and reinforce our beliefs and and our faith, you know. So we need those people that, you know, the atheists and the people that are the naysayers. And, but there's a guy named Philip Class who um, would always try to debunk all the UFO abductions and UFO stories in his lifetime and and he got a lot of people behind him, you know, because he had some big money behind him. Well, that's another story. So, um, ETs, they're out there. And that's one of my missions, I think, along with stopping war. How do we stop war, my friends? That's the minor mission, I think. Maybe that should be a major mission. You know, we all have, should have that in our missions. Because when the Spirit Father and the Spirit Mother brought them up, brought you up before them, and you stood in their countenance in that brilliant, blinding light that washed over you like hurricane force wind. It was so powerful, that light that shone with a brilliance that was greater than the noonday sun. And they allowed you to look into their light, and you looked at their face, and you saw the the head of the mother and father God, just how beautiful and magnificent they are, you know, their face marked with authority, but also very kind and gentle and loving with eyes like pools of love. But very, you could see they could be very stern, too, if necessary. And knowing also they had unlimited power at their disposal, they were able to do things. And angels ready to assist them were the myriad of chores, you know. And they looked at you and said, like, Blake, this is going to be your mission in life. You know, or maybe you could ask for a mission, like uh, Roy Mills, like I was talking about. He had heard about this in his development as a spirit, you know, just after being born. We are taught in the spirit realms, you know, about coming, being born onto different planets. Because we do have a beginning, of course, then we go through our 
journey in our soul's evolution, being born on one planet and then living our life and then dying and going back to heaven and kind of regrouping and refreshing and and learning continue. The learning continues and then we we pick a, a new life. You know, all this they have like heavenly computers. You know, that have all the information about where we can go in the universe and all these different missions and lives. And if you wanted to go back in time, if you wanted to go to a planet that was like in the same stage of evolution as what the Earth was during Jesus' time, you know, when they needed some intervention, maybe you could be um, like an, someone with, like the baby that was born in Bethlehem, you know? And the, that kind of evolution, although the one that died on the cross was a different being from the planet Phi Uba in our Milky Way galaxy, because he had performed all those miracles. It's a long story, and I don't really want to get into it right now. But you know, in order to perform all those miracles that Jesus did, you can't be a baby born into this world, because you have to go through the river of oblivion. And when you do that, all the memories of your past life and universal knowledge is wiped out from your mind. And so, even with knowledge from, like, the Nagas, the great civilization that existed back then, and their wonderful spiritual knowledge, even if you study with them for many years, you couldn't perform all those miracles that Jesus performed. So, baby Jesus was born, he lived his life for, like, 12 years, and then left the region of Judea at that time, but his brother Yuriki went to the east to China, Burma, and India, and rode up in Japan, got married, had children, died at a ripe old age, around 97 years old, and he's buried there. Check it out on the Internet. If you don't believe me, that's true. That's the truth. But the Jesus who came down and from the planet Thiauba, who entered his astral being into a body that was made, a human body, just like an avatar. They made those blue bodies, right, 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 right flipped his body into that human body, was dropped off by the spacecraft in the dead of night, under the cover of night, near the Sea of Galilee or the River Jordan. He had to be baptized by John the Baptist, and so began his three-year ministry, where he would perform all those miracles, most of them in coordination with the spacecraft up above, 10,000 feet or more above the ground, under the cover, behind the cover of clouds, always in constant communication with the spacecraft that could assist him, you know, when he was going to be stolen a couple of times and he disappeared. Remember that? Remember? Remember? Remember that? Remember that? Well, he was beamed from one location to another. That beam technology is a pretty common thing among advanced extraterrestrial civilizations. So like in Star Trek, if you want to get beamed from one location to another, that's pretty cool technology. And, you know, over the last 150 years or so here on Earth, we've made great leaps and bounds in our technology. Just imagine, if you will, imagine, imagine, use your imagination for this. Now, think of a civilization compared to the last 150 or so years where we've made great advancements in the technology. Think of a civilization that's out there on another planet that existed even before the Milky Way galaxy was born. And let's say then that they have been developing their technology for not 150 years, but for 200 million years. It's how advanced would that technology be? Advanced enough to beam people wherever they want to go, from a spacecraft down to the planet or from somewhere on the planet to another location on the planet, um, maybe to help someone walk on water, to beam down some extra loaves of bread and fish to the 5,000 people that were on the Sermon on the Mount, to, like with Lazarus, maybe to beam into the his bedroom before he died and administer a, a drug surreptitiously to keep his body alive but make it seem like his heart had stopped beating so they buried him and then beamed into the tomb and administered another drug to resuscitate him and then when they rolled the stone back Jesus said Lazarus come forth and he came out and the people were like blown away you know a little about to see in their faces how about you and take a drink Anyway, so these ETs, they're out there, and they're waiting for us because they know that some of us would shoot at them, try to kill them. You know, you see the movie 
the day the earth, the world, day the earth stood still. That's the day the world stood still. The day the earth stood still. It's about. It was made in the 1950s about a spacecraft that landed near the White House, and a man comes out. You know, in an effort to be peaceful and then make peaceful contact with the people on Earth, he's surrounded by soldiers and policemen with the guns drawn and tanks and artillery pieces all standing there ready to shoot if necessary. When I'm sure if they wanted to, they could have, you know, wiped out the entire planet, you know, with their technology in just like a second. But then somebody with an itchy trigger finger shoots the guy, and then the robot comes out, pissed off because, angry because they shot his human being, you know, and then he proceeds to destroy all the weapons, you know, and also some people, he disintegrates them. It's a pretty cool movie, and the point is, I think the bottom line, the moral of that movie is, are we ready? For, are we actually ready for a spacecraft to, a spacecraft to land on the White House's front lawn or in your backyard? Because, I mean, I'm sure our weapons. Now, some of these, maybe some of these states, we do have weapons that can destroy them. But I think there are some civilizations where nothing we could fire at them would have any damage, because they know exactly how to defend themselves against everything we got, to include even a nuclear bomb. They, they just have greater intelligence. They have absolute intelligence, you know. And so they know how to deal with everything that we could throw at them. You know what I mean? So that that really wouldn't be an issue. The issue would be, well, why are you trying to kill me? You know, we're, we're just trying to be peaceful and make contact with you and talk with you, but no, you want to be violent and fire this, because somebody's probably always going to have an itchy trigger finger, right? Somebody out there is going to be crazy, act crazy. So we need to... They have a plan with the way they make contact, and it goes like this. They find a planet in a solar system that's got life. They set up an observation post they observe it for however long, thousands of years, until they make the first steps in outer space. If they're peaceful, they'll let them continue their space program. If they're not peaceful, then they'll sabotage their spacecrafts, and they have the technology to do it. You better believe it. And they've allowed us to do that. But from what I've heard, there are some civilizations that are ferocious and try to take their first steps in outer space, and they do prevent them from doing it because space is supposed to be a peaceful domain, contrary to what Star Wars talks about in their movies, you know. know, All the people that like Star Wars, I'm sorry, I never did like Star Wars because I don't like the word Star Wars. We're not supposed to be warmongers. People are supposed to be here for peaceful means. Unless you want to pick up your weapon go to Ukraine and kill somebody. And if you kill somebody, they're going to haunt you for the rest of your life, I guarantee you. Or be killed yourself, and then your soul's evolution will take a step backward as a result. You know, so that's not the answer, my friends. If you're thinking that way, then you're probably a young soul, a young spirit, don't know any better, won't listen to any reason, like to do things your way, and... You don't compromise. That's why we have war, because people can't resolve their differences peacefully. They they can't compromise. So it would be nice, especially in my lifetime, if we could make contact with extraterrestrials. Another reason is why they're not here is because people would be blown away at looking at these beings, because just one look into their eyes, and all of a sudden you realize you're looking into the eyes of an extraplanetarian who lives on another planet. And they have a technology that allows them to traverse outer space in a very, very quick fashion and sometimes utilize wormholes and go from, like, here to 
billions of light years away in just a matter of a short amount of time. And also, they have spiritual knowledge which far exceeds your own. You know, they know all about the spirit and the soul. They've proven the existence of the soul, something that we haven't done yet. Our science hasn't done, but it's true. You do have a soul in your body. I do also. It's the brain of the spirit, so that when you die, you pop out of your body, right? When we die, we pop out of our body. Look down upon our physical body, just like a worn-out coat, but we do have an attachment to it. You say, wow, I didn't know I looked like that, you know. Some people get to go back, you know, into their bodies after these near-death experiences, whether they drown or were in a very serious car accident. They look down in their bodies, and they usually have contact with some angels or deceased relatives. Or maybe God, you know, the Father God or the Mother God. You better believe there's a Mother God. You better be sure you're right about that, my friends, that there is no... There's some people that don't believe in the Mother God. All I can say is you better be sure you're right, because one day when your day comes, when your expiration date is reached, and you transition to the spirit lands, and all of a sudden you realize that there really is a Mother God, just how foolish are you going to look when you stand in front of her presence, you know, like we all are going to, and give an accountability of our life here on Earth, and go through that life review. Oh, I don't believe in a Mother God. I know the people I see them at church, always talking about Father God without even a word about Mother God. They can't fool me. I know better. Because you can't create children, period, bottom line, without a mother and a father. Same here on earth, same in heaven. We are the children of the mother and father God. Jesus taught us to pray back then. If you want some little bit of evidence there in that regard, our father should have said our father and our mother who art in heaven. But you know the way they were back then in those days, male-dominated, very male-dominated society. Women didn't have any rights at all. Do I need to say anything further? Only just recently, women have gotten rights, you know, the right to vote and equality, more equality, women's rights. And, and indeed, that's the way it should be. You see some of these extraterrestrial races, you know, there's a lot of different variations, human being types. Many, 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 many different variations of human beings out there in the universe on different planets. And the more advanced ones? Because not all super advanced. Some are in stages like um, the uh, Stone Age, or that um, maybe they, they just invented the wheel, or in medieval times, you know, that kind of thing. But the ones who are really advanced, very civilized, you know, the women and the men are side by side. They work together. They think in unison. They're equal, equal, completely equal. Most of these civilizations don't have a monetary system, you know. They share what they have. How about that? I handed out a couple of $20 bills today to, um, hold on. I wonder, hold on just a minute. So the, that, this black, uh, our dog here, Shakira, she's a beautiful dog. This most soulful kind of eyes. Uh, she keeps me company, but she likes to uh, go in and out when I'm talking to my radio show. Here comes another dog, our dachshund, Mr. Beta. Isn't that a cool name? Hey, buddy. They need to go and do their thing in the backyard, you know, so I guess that's okay. I can't say. Okay, I'm, my radio show is going on in my back patio here. You can't go make your, do your thing. No, I wouldn't do that. Anyway. So, yeah, throughout the years, and uh, these extraterrestrials, you got to, if you're really interested in learning about them, as I mentioned, there are some really good videos. Just search, do a search through YouTube, you know, and... uh, 
we are evolving. We've had some very smart people that lived on Earth before, you know, but it doesn't matter if you're even as intelligent as an Einstein or a Tesla or Sir Isaac Newton. If you don't have that spirituality knowledge, if you haven't developed yourself sufficiently, then that's all that matters. Nothing else really counts, you know. You could be brilliant. You could be making millions and millions of dollars. You could be an Elon Musk or David Gates or what's got Jeff Bezos. But you can't take that with you in the end. And they're not going to live forever. They won't be able to buy eternal life. And so our souls are eternal. Even though we haven't proved it, you better believe it. You know, I was talking about popping out of the body. One day we're going to pop out of the body, and then we're going to find out how we've done in our lifetimes. Are you ready for your life review? Are you ready for some of the bad stuff that you're going to see? Some of the mean things you did when you were a kid, when you hit that boy in the head, you punched a boy, you knocked a girl down, and you're going to feel how they felt, and you're going to see it from a three-point perspective, from looking at what's happening, and you're going to feel it from also the way you were back then, and from their perspective, that you're going to feel their emotions, and you're going to see the good, and you're going to see the bad. I'm not sure how it's going to be arranged. There might be a combination of both. It might show you the bad first and then the good, or the good first and then the bad. Any sexual immorality. And believe me, I've had my own things in the past, and I know I will be judged one day, unless, of course, there are some particular things, and I won't go into details, because as I mentioned, some things are better left unsaid, but if you say a prayer, if you ask for repentance, if you say a prayer and ask for repentance, then from what I hear, that will be wiped away from the Akashic records. That will be not on your soul's record, if you will. You won't have to account for that in your life review. So there's a little bit of advice for you to remember, my friends. If you've got something that you're ashamed of, that you're not very proud of, that you did before in the past, whatever it is, whether maybe you beat up a boy when you were young, you hit a girl or a woman, you were unkind to somebody, you verbally abused them, sexually abused somebody, or sexually abused yourself, be prepared for seeing that again in your life as you. I don't mean to break it to you that way. I mean, just listen to everything I said, or all that I just mentioned. Just don't focus on one thing. What I'm saying, look at the whole picture. You're going to have to account for everything in your life. You're going to go from when you were born, being with your mother when you were born, how she treated you, all the way up until maybe you were in a flaming wreckage, your car rolled in over and several times, and that's how you died. And everything in between, you're going to see in, like, split seconds. Because when you get over to that realm, there is no time. Because all of a sudden, you're in eternity. Isn't that cool? We're going to take a drink. So we have to make some adjustments in our lives in order to make contact with extraterrestrials. That, my friends is the next step in our evolution, for sure. Because just imagine if we did. Let's say, are you, are you brave? Are you courageous, my friends? Are you brave? Are you courageous? Do you think you could come face-to-face with a, an extraplanetarian and have a conversation with them? Now, it might be a few minutes before you finally came to your senses, you know, because some people, they get that deer-in-the-headlight stare, and they just... They just Blackout. You've heard about these people that are abducted, taken aboard spaceships. They don't remember. They have to later on remember through hypnotic regression because the mind just can't take it because they haven't thought about it at all beforehand. The possibility that they exist, of what they look like, of what it would be like to encounter them, to look into their eyes, to have a conversation with them. And Obviously, they're not going to, they might know how to speak English, but most of the communication will be telepathically. So are you ready to have a telepathic conversation with an extraterrestrial? Well, probably, somebody listening to me right now, I get a sense that there's some very intelligent beings out there listening to me. But 
I don't know how I would react myself. Make no mistake about it. There I go again using that. That's my favorite, one of my favorite things. I also say so in any way a lot. But they are extremely, and they are extremely intelligent. I mean, with the benefit of all those years of advanced evolution, and they also went through their own evolution, you know. Some of these gray extraterrestrials, you know, with grayish colored skin and slanted eyes and big dark eyes, you know, they, at one time, they lived in a civilization that was kind of like here on Earth, you know, where people are fighting in conflict constantly. But they evolved to the point where they realized that that was insane. What's going on now in Ukraine and Israel and Gaza is insane. <clears throat> Excuse me. There is no rationale present. There is no logic that would justify killing another human being. Not even retribution. Because it says, believe in the Bible, and I believe in some of the Bible, most of it, that vengeance is mine, saith the Lord, that just goes over people's heads. It's like that. Vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. Yeah, because they will have to pay for their sins. They'll have to. You kill somebody, when you get to the afterlife, you're going to have to pay back some karmic debt. You know, take another person's life. You're going to have to pay that back. And that might mean coming back to planet Earth or going to another planet in the universe with a similar type of evolutionary category, you know, of, um, you know, war and killing and conflict. That wouldn't be pleasant, would it? Would you want to go back to, just imagine, you know, pop out of your body, go to heaven, go through your life review, realize that you've made some bad mistakes, you might have even killed somebody, and then understand that you're going to have to go to another planet of a similar evolution. That would be like hell, my friends. I wouldn't want to do that. I don't want to, I don't want... Now, I'm going to enjoy and take every badge of every moment here on planet Earth up until the day that I'm called and taken to the afterlife. And I will live my life to the best of my ability in accordance with what I know is right. Let me rephrase that. I will continue living my life the way I have been, you know, a spiritual life. Try to do the right thing, being kind and generous to people. I was mentioning I, I gave a couple of $20 bills to some homeless people today. And one, one guy was really cool. He said, uh, thank you, man. Thank you. Wow. He said, I could use this. I was thinking of going to California tomorrow. So anyway, you never know. These people are real people just like us, you know. <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> Still got a little bit of the cough left. Always got to take a drink of water when you cough, my friends. There's a little bit of advice for you. I tried to do that. And there was another guy on the street corner at the stoplight. I gave him a $20 bill. I should have seen him look on his face also. He was like, wow, I can't believe this. You know, that's great. He was just... But some of them are kind of blown away a little bit because, you know, they're used to getting $1, $2, and also... How would they feel when they have a whole lot of money? You know, do they want to still keep on collecting one or two dollars from people? And how, how would they present themselves to people? You know, like I need some more money when they already have a twenty dollar bill, that kind of thing. You know what I mean? But I know I'm going to keep on living my life this way, but I don't want to come back to this kind of a planet, you know? I don't like hearing that my brothers and sisters in spirit are being wiped out. How many Palestinians have been killed by the Israelis since October the 7th? Over 20,000, the last I heard. 20,000, do you understand how many people are 20,000 people? I mean, just imagine a stadium, an NFL stadium of football. Uh, a stadium of NFL football fans. Well, how many are in that? Like maybe 50,000, 60,000. So maybe half filled. All those people. 
dead, gone, wiped out, babies, women, children, you know, 10 years old, 15 years old. Now, understand, I'm part Jewish myself, 8% European Jewish. I understand about how one country has to get revenge. You know, we did that with 9-11, right? We, we had to get revenge because that's the situation we're in. It's a very unfortunate situation where we have to have retribution because we don't want them to take advantage of us. We, we went through the, the experience of the Nazis back then. And here we have had a civilization or a group of people, a country that wanted to take over the world, form an empire, and dominate people and oppress them, you know. So we still have that on our minds as we proceed forward into the future. We don't want that to happen again, so it's understandable. But same thing, what the U.S. did for the 5,000, some or the 5,000, or over 3,000 people that were killed in 9-11, how many Afghans, innocent Men, women, and children were killed in Afghanistan. A lot more than 3,000, I guarantee you that. And how many were killed in Iraq? A lot more than 3,000 also. You know, so what's the ratio? Probably like maybe 100 to 1. And that's what the Israelis are doing. Because they want to wipe out Hamas. <coughs> Excuse me. And that's almost going to be impossible because you don't know exactly who they are. And the ones that committed those terrible acts on the 7th of October are not the same as all of them are. You know, they're not going to be that violent or um, what's another word for what they did? Totally immoral and and uh, I can't think of another word, but you know, for all those terrible, horrific acts that they committed on them were only by a very few people, a small group of people, you know, the baby decapitators, etc., you know. And so it's a minority of people, and that's the problem we're dealing with on planet Earth is we have a very small minority of people that are doing the really bad stuff. About one minute. Oh, excuse me. Take another drink. I smell barbecue smoke. Maybe that's one making me cough. Anyway, so I've only got a few seconds left, my friends, and thank you for listening. <clears throat> I love you. God, here's a quick prayer. Creator of the universe, please bless us, everybody. Help stop war. Keep us safe and well. Goodbye, everybody. Talk to you next week. Bye-bye.